pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means.
Good morning, everyone, on this beautiful and wonderful day. We're so grateful to be able to gather here together in Palmyra at Victory Christian Fellowship. We're just delighted in what God is doing. He's doing great and wonderful things. Heavenly Father, we come to the table that you have prepared for us in the presence of our enemies, Lord, and we feast and we focus on you and what you're doing and we glorify your name and we lift you up in this place and we welcome your presence here and the move of your Holy Spirit and we just honor you and bless you and praise you because we love you, Lord, with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. ready to worship this morning. Come on, let's stand together if you can. Your love is devoted like a ring of solid gold like a bow that is tested like a covenant of old Your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today, faithful you have been, and faithful you will be. You pledge yourself to me, and it's why I sing your praise. Will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips.
shame and condemnation. He paid the price in full so that we are free. Oh, we worship you in this place, Jesus. We worship you, Father God, for making a way for us. Oh, we worship you in this place. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you.
people move. Yes. Why people Hallelujah. make noise. Yes. Why people have action. Are you alive today? Yes. Are you alive today? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name and forget not all your benefits. You're a good God. You saved my soul. You forgave me of my sin. Hallelujah. You delivered me from death. Glory to God. Look at someone and say, I'm not going to let a rock outdo me. Because the Bible says if you don't praise the Lord, the rocks will. You're smarter than a rock. Amen. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Bless the Lord Jesus Christ in this place. Bless the Son of God. Bless the Savior. Bless the Lord. Bless your holy name. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. We got to get rid of the the religious formaldehyde. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Come on. Yes. They they put formaldehyde in dead bodies to preserve it. We're getting rid of the religious formaldehyde. Because religion stinks in God's nose. Hallelujah. And, and we're not a religious group, but we love Jesus. Yes. We love the Holy Ghost. Yes. We love the Word. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you know what? Romans fourteen seventeen. There are three main elements of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, that's the way of living. Peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Say, I got righteousness, I got peace, and I got joy in the Holy Ghost. We got the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Your spirit needs to notify your face that you've got joy. Because joy you can't contain. Joy is a bottle of soda that's been shook up and the lid is loose. It's going to pour out. It's going to spread out. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Well, I'm fired up. You need to catch the fire. Come on, catch the fire. Hallelujah. How do I catch it? Just reach out and grab it. But I don't see it, but you see it by faith. Hallelujah. Lord, we know that you are here with us. Your presence is in this place. And we're so grateful that you have a voice and you speak to us. Oh, my children, I have such good things that I want you to have. And I've given you my spirit so that you know what those things are. 
For he will take you. He will show you. He is the research assistant of heaven. He was there in the beginning. He knows the heart of the Father. And he never speaks against me. So listen to the Holy Spirit as he shows you what I have given you so that you can take possession of it and operate it and function it in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, if you can, you may have your seats. But keep standing up on the inside. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. I want to read to you a text from uh, Pastor Nelson. Hallelujah. He sent this a couple days ago. Let me find it here. He said, uh, the fire conference is a blaze of signs, wonders, and miracles. People will never be the same. Thank you for sending us here. So they'll be heading back uh, tomorrow. And uh, we're excited about the reports that they're going to bring. And uh, get ready because when they come back, more fire is just going to increase. Amen. You know, because whenever we go to a conference, or you know, we, we should bring something back with us. Amen. Amen. Well, we're glad that you're here at Victory Christian Fellowship today. You're in the right place at the right time. Amen. And, and uh, uh, we for, love to... Yeah, for those who are visiting, yes. uh, we're speaking of a team, our youth group. Yeah. And a lot of our, our worship team. entire worship and youth group are in Florida at a fire conference. Yes. So we are thankful that uh, they were able to go, and we're happy to have them back when they come. Because <laughs> we're all working with uh, what we have, but a lot of them volunteered for a lot of things. So <laughs> we are glad that... We have a lot of cross-trained people here. Yes, we do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, one, one of the things we like to do here at VCF is speak the word. Yes. Jesus authorized us to speak the word, and we want to invite you to make our confession. We emphasize a subject every quarter, so join us as we make our confession. God, God has blessed, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the, in the heavenly realms in Christ. Christ. God, God the, the Father selected us as his own before, before the foundation of the world. world. He desires for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard of the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises 
and experiencing their benefits. I want to say something yeah, real quick yeah, before. Um, in our um, confession, uh, this just jumped out at me just now. I was just... By the way, our telephone's ringing at the church, and this is a, a good thing because for about a week, the telephones weren't working. So thank you, Verizon, for fixing our telephone <laughs> and calling us to tell us about it. Um, <laughs> in the third slide, it says, The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And that just jumped out at me. The Lord reveals to us his will for us. And it is his will that we do that gives him pleasure. So if you're living a life where you feel like you might not be pleasing God, you have to stop and think. Are you feeling that way because someone is not pleased with you? And that's why you feel that way. But you have to examine whether or not God is pleased with you and then that would be my phone that rings whenever someone leaves a message you're getting the full effect today <laughs> so <laughs> i can answer it from here actually i just hung up on it okay <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah so god created a will that he has an agreement with us and him think about this he wrote your life before it ever got started. Before he created the earth, he created you on paper. And then he created the earth to accommodate what he created you to do here. And it is the agreement between us and God personally. When we receive salvation, we are accepting God as our father. He's more than our creator now. He's now our father. And that gives us, it clears up the disconnect that sin brought between God and man. I don't know why I'm explaining all this today, but I don't know if Pastor Doug's preaching about it, but I'll explain it. And you, your life needs to be hooked up with the agreement that you made with God. When you receive salvation, you have made an agreement that God will be your father and you will be his child and you will be obedient to his voice. And many people live life trying not to offend someone they're in relationship with at the expense of the agreement between them and God. And we need to start honoring the agreement that God made with us when we said be my father be my lord thank you for saving me he didn't just come so we can go to heaven he came to have a relationship with us on the earth before that happens right so i whoever needs to hear that today you need to know that the the, the way that god has pleasure with our life is when we honor his instructions to us, which may cause other people to be offended.
And sometimes that's when you know you're on the right track, right? You're not going around trying to offend people, but sometimes it happens. <laughs> and you have to be—you have to know that you and God got a thing going on, and you need to honor your agreement with God. Amen. Miss Lisa is going to do our announcements again today. Didn't she do a good job last week? I thought so. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good to see all of you today. All right, I have all my sheets. I always print these, right, for Pastor Nadine and Melissa, and I printed them for myself today. All right, today, the big announcement for today, right? What are we celebrating today? Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, all right, you guys got it. <laughs> and for those visiting with us today, today is, well, actually, Tuesday, August 1st, is Pastor Doug. He's our senior pastor, married to Dr. Fiona, and we are celebrating his birthday today. Now, if you guys have been following, which I'm sure that you have, Pastor Doug, I believe, last Sunday preached on much more. So we're going to continue with that theme. We're much more celebrating. So not only are we celebrating today after service, and you are all welcome to stay and, um, for treats and snacks and fellowship time, but we're going to do it again on Wednesday. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And after service, we're going to have another celebration, and that's when the team from Florida will be back, and then they can join in the celebration and, and um just party with us. So y'all are welcome Sunday and Wednesday. Now, since we're talking and honoring about honoring Pastor Doug, oh yeah, which I wanted to mention, um, last night I was reading Psalm 36 about um, how we drink our fill from the abundance of his house. And I was so thankful for Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona and all our pastors who feed us so well so that we can drink. I mean, we, man, if you're thirsty, you you come here and drink and drink from the river. So thank you, Pastor and Doctor, for all that you give to us and blessing us and allowing us to drink and be filled. So, um, and Pastor Doug, at the end of this month, is going to India. And um, uh, Chandigarh and Hyderabad, 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 they are about 1,100 miles apart, I think. I look, um, Pastor Doug's going to be doing a lot of traveling when he's there. He's going to be gone for uh, a few weeks. So um, if anyone would like to support that mission, tru- mission trip, um, you're welcome to. Uh, join the Commission Club there, and we thank you and appreciate your support. All right, now for this week, Tuesday, August 1st, Pastor Doug's birthday, and then Tuesday night is our National Night Out. Um, we are looking for volunteers. National Night Out, if you all aren't familiar, it's a, uh, a community event, right? Lots of people from the community are out there. We all have booths. It's just an opportunity to um, promote, get to know each other, protect each other, all those wonderful things. VCF will have a tent out there on Tuesday. It's from 5 to 8. We are looking for volunteers. Um, if you can come out even for an hour, that would be awesome. And, again, we're just going to hand out. We're going to let people know, here we are. If you need a church, here we are. Um, so after service, um, whoever's interested, if you just like, we're going to meet up here in the corner for like five minutes, just that so I know who's coming and we can give you the scoops on Tuesday. So then Wednesday, Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. And I'm trying to think what else is happening this week. Then Sunday, the big event Sunday, Reverend Sushil Kumar will be here Sunday, um, the 6th at 10 a.m. And this is actually who Pastor Doug is going to be teaching with when he goes to India. So bring a friend, come on out. You don't want to miss Reverend Sushil, awesome, powerful man of God who definitely gives us more to drink. So, all right, and then one more announcement. Oh, there's a lot happening in August, guys. 
So our last <laughs> last announcement. Oh no, no, there's two. Okay, wait, I gotta back up. The youth. <laughs> the youth are having VCF Summer Supreme. Have y'all heard about this yet? This is Saturday, August 19th. It's an all-day event. It's from 9 to 4. It's going to be right here down the road at Memorial Park. That's like diagonal from the Northside Elementary School. You all are welcome to come out. It is going to be so fantastic. Our youth, oh, we have such amazing youth. They're going to be preaching. They're going to be worshiping. They're going to be doing crafts and games and activities with the kids. They're going to be providing lunch. All of this is happening Saturday, all day, 9 to 4. So we encourage you to come on out. If you'd like to help volunteer at all, we welcome that. See myself or Pastor Nadine, and uh, we'll get you guys hooked up. So thank you for that. Look forward to that. And then finally in August, August 23rd to 25th, um, Reverend Hagen, Lynette, and Pastor Kenneth Hagen will be in Pennsylvania, which is a uh, really amazing opportunity. If you guys can't go to Spring Mills, Check them out online. I know they'll be live streaming, but um, you'll definitely be blessed by hearing them. And one more thing. So when I was listening to Kenneth Hagen right there, they had their camp meeting this week, okay? And he said at the beginning, one of their announcers, whatever, they said, let me see if I can do this with their southern accent, the expectators. So <laughs> expectators of what God has for you. <laughs> so we are expecting um, fire and everything that God has for us. So that's it. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> BCF, where even the announcements are anointed. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, um, Pastor Hagen is 83 years old. He uh, pastors Rainbow Bible Church. They still travel around and do uh, different meetings throughout the year. Um, and uh, I just uh, got the amount uh, this past week. They announced it. Uh, Rama has graduated all over the world, 128,000 graduates. And... Um, they have 280 schools in 50 nations. So, and all the schools get the same curriculum. And when I go to India, I'll be teaching four courses in two different schools to help train. We're tapping into the billion market. Because yes. uh, India has 1.4 billion people. But we're training some Indians to go back into India with the gospel. Amen? Amen. We're going to kick the Hindu God out. <laughs> and uh, we're going to establish Jesus Christ as Lord. And uh, part of that is teaching and training, and so that's what I'm going to be doing uh, when I go to India. And then at the end of the year, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, actually, uh, we are hosting our own uh, crusade in Liberia, and uh, it's a big undertaking, and uh, we're excited to have the opportunity, the door open to us, and uh, so we're going to go and preach the gospel in Liberia. I've never been to the country of Liberia, but I've been to its embassy in Sierra Leone. So uh, technically, I uh, just want to let you know that uh, today we're only going to have the, the little kids uh, in class. Our older kids will stay with us uh, today. And uh, I'd like for you to go to the book of Mark, chapter 10. Mark, chapter 10. And uh, we're going to look at verse 28. Mark chapter 10 and verse 28. Um, Jesus had just told his disciples that it's hard for people who trust in riches to get into the kingdom of God. And uh, <clears throat> the apostles were kind of astonished because they weren't poor. And in verse 28, 
Mark 10:28. It said, Peter started saying to him, look, we have given up everything and followed you, becoming your disciples and accepting you as teacher and Lord. Jesus said, I assure you, Jesus is personally guaranteeing something here. He said, I assure you uh, and solemnly say to you, there is no, no one here who has given up a house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake who will not receive a hundred times as much now in the present age. Houses, uh, notice he puts an S on the house. Brothers, uh, sisters, uh, mothers, uh, and children and farms along with persecutions. Why would you have to put that in, Jesus? And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. Jesus is guaranteeing that when you uh, participate in the gospel, when you share in the gospel by receiving and sending, by giving and sowing, you will, re- you will receive in this lifetime. Amen? You, you can never outgive God. And uh, in your giving at, uh, for our India trip, uh, we're about at the $3,000 mark. So we got 2,000 more to go, and then uh, after, in September, we'll, we have to start raising money for our uh, Liberia trip as well. So uh, praise the Lord, but God is a big God, amen? So Jesus assured us that this is what's going to happen. You know, every place where God sent me, I've never not had a place to live. I've never not been connected with people that actually treated me like their son, like, like part of their family. And I've experienced that in my life. Wherever, you know, when God said, go here, I go here. You know what? God provides for me. You know, when I went to Ramah, that was the very first time I left home. I was 21 years old and God said, go. So I went. My parents ended up helping me. And uh, the only furniture I had was a, uh, a folding card table, two folding chairs, and a cot that my feet hung over six inches. And uh, what, what, what clothes fit in the closet, I kept in boxes. And I had a TV and a VCR. That was it. So when my parents left on Wednesday to go back to Illinois, I laid in my apartment without a couch. I laid on the carpet and I wept like a baby. <laughs> you know, because this was my first... But that night... I went to Raymond Bible Church, and this was my uh, first time attending one of their services. And guess what? There was a lady there with her husband. The lady was part of the church I was part of in Illinois. And guess what? They took me out to dinner. They, they just took me into their family. It was such an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, God will take care of you. you. Just serve God. So here at VCF, we don't pass a container uh, but we, you can give any time during the service. If you're watching, you can give online. Uh, we have a wooden container by our bookstore there, and one as you came in. We call those our seed planners. There's envelopes there. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you need to use a card, you can go to the bookstore. If you want to mail it in, bring it in. Send it by uh, Amazon or FedEx, however you want to do it. Amen. You can do it. Father, I give you thanks and praise for the givers of VCF.
Lord, I call them blessed of you and highly favored. Lord, I thank you that you will protect them, provide for them, and watch over them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you will return to them their gifts abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. So at this time, we, uh, if there's any of the littler kids, we want to dismiss our littler kids. So little kids, have a good time in the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, the older kids will be in here with us. You know, they used to say at Rhema, ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. But you got to be flexible. Amen? And uh, I've learned that over the last uh, 21, 20, actually 21 plus years. Because uh, I traveled for a short time before I pastored. So I've actually been ordained since 1996. And... Uh, but this morning, you know, I'm getting ready to celebrate my 54th year on this planet. Hallelujah. I was born at about 9 p.m. Uh, my dad and mom, Art and Barb Pishka, are still alive in Illinois. And I'm so thankful for the family that I grew up in. But you know what? One of the greatest discoveries of my life was knowing what God wanted me to do and what I was called to do. So this morning, I want to talk to you about... Inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits, what that actually means. This is, this is a motto that we have in our church, but it came out of a revelation in 1991. I wrote that down. I was in New Testament survey class with Lowell Ledford, and we were looking at the book of Galatians, and I came to Galatians 3.29. And I read it, and it says, if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Man, I knew that God was speaking to me. It was, it was as if those words from the page just kind of jumped out and said, hello, this is for you. And um, so I wrote... In the Bible that I had at that time, I put Pastor Pishka's ministry, but I didn't really, in that moment, I knew that God spoke to me, but there was no understanding on how, what that actually meant, how that was going to unfold. And as I spent time with God praying about it, he showed me that um, he is calling me to help people find their treasure and inheritance in God's word. And if you, you know, for those of you that have been at VCF for a long time, you'll find I always give you a lot of scripture. I always point you to the word. Amen. You'll never lack from hearing the word here. And uh, I want you to turn to Galatians 3 and I want you to see this. And we're going to talk about, there's seven things on what it means to inherit God's promises and experience their benefits. And we're going to go over those. And uh, I'll even get you out early today. Amen. I'm like uh, in tune with this early thing. But, you know, we, we also follow the Holy Ghost too. You know, we don't just get out early to get out early. But if the Holy Ghost is done working, then we're done working. Amen. I want you to look at Galatians 3.29. And I want you to know that this connects you with a promise that was given to Abraham thousands and thousands of years ago. 
This promise that God gave to Abraham is still active. It's still relevant today. It's still something that we can function in. Amen? How many know it's good to be connected to a heritage of faith? Do you realize that God called Abraham to start a nation? There wasn't a Jewish nation until Abraham had a son named Isaac. And that began the Jewish nation. God created a nation out of a person who believed God based on a promise. Amen? Do you know what you can do with a promise? You can have a child when it's impossible to have a child with a promise. You can be saved with a promise. You can be healed with a promise. You can find very present help in trouble based on a promise. You can be confident of your future based on a promise. Promises open up doors for a lot of things for us. Amen? And God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. God abides by his promise even if we don't. God will always be true to his word. But if you want the promise to benefit you, you got to be true to the promise. Amen? So Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, if you be Christ's, you know, Christ is a position. We we can become part of the family. How do I I be Christ? I invite Christ into my life. I confess Jesus as Lord. That's how I be Christ's. Amen? I want to belong to him, and I do belong to him. And God made it very easy for us to belong to him. If you be Christ, why did he say if? Because you've got to make a choice. Being, being Christ is not automatic. You have to actually accept Jesus into your heart. You have to confess him as Lord with your mouth. Okay? Then, so if you're Christ, you belong to him, you're in him, then. Everybody say then. You know, God's a God of protocol. If, then. First, second. If you do this, I'll do this. Right? God's a God of protocol. Then you are Abraham's seed or offspring. Hallelujah. Did you know that we have a great, 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 great grandfather Abraham? I don't know how many greats that would be, but you get the picture, right? But we are related to Abraham. And God brought him out of Ur, the Chaldees, and gave him a promise and said, if you walk with me, I'll bless you, and I'll bless you to be a blessing, and I'll make your name great. Hallelujah. I'll make you a father of many nations. And not only are we Abraham's seed, but this is the exciting part. Everybody say, and. Heirs according to what? According to the promise. Say, I'm an heir. What are you an heir of? You are an heir of all the promises of God. Hallelujah. I want you to go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. You know what? And being an heir, heir, heir means you have an inheritance, and inheritance means you get benefits. God's a God of benefits. Amen? If you're going to take the time to make the will, you're going to make a will because you got some stuff that you want to distribute when you die. Amen? Or you want, you want your family to be taken care of. You want your kids to be taken care of. So you write a will. A will is a legal document that 
transfers ownership of possessions and assets and property and things to the next generation. Aren't you glad that God wrote a will? Hallelujah. John chapter 6, verse 27. Labor not for the meat which perishes. You know, we spend a lot of time on things that perish. But Jesus is saying, don't labor for the things that perish. But for that meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him has God the Father sealed. Jesus has been authorized by God to give you an inheritance. He has been authorized by God. You know, in Matthew 10, 13, 35, there's the phrase, it was done to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets. It was talking about Jesus speaking in parables. Jesus lived his whole life to fulfill what was spoken about him and what was written about him. Everything Jesus did, everything Jesus said, everywhere Jesus went, every person he touched, it was to fulfill what God spoke about him and what God wrote about him. He embraced God's will for his life. Jesus did He said, I did not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Hallelujah. If Jesus was concerned about doing God's will, we ought to be concerned about doing God's will. Well, how do I know what God's will is? There's a book right there called the B-I-B-L-E. It's an Old Testament. God, God wrote his will in the Old Testament. Then he changed it and he rewrote it called the New Testament. Hallelujah. The Old Testament's like a 50 cent piece. The New Testament's like a dollar. The dollar includes the 50 cent, but it has a whole lot more. Amen? So you want to have both. Okay. Oh, glory to God. Look at verse 37. Same chapter of John, verse 37. And it says, All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Woo! Glory to God. That's a guarantee by Jesus that if you come to him, he's not going to cast you out. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to ignore you. He said, if you come to him, I will in no wise cast you out. I will accept you, but you got to come to him. If you have a need, you got to come to him. He already came to you, but you need to come to him. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's get into this into our inheritance. Oh, I, I, I have to read Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Now, things that I say may cause shouting. No, y'all didn't get that. Why is it going to cause shouting? Because it's good and it's the truth and it's for you. Things that I say are going to cause shouting. Well, you think it's all quiet in heaven? No. There's angels right now going around the throne crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's elders casting their crowns and bowing down and worshiping before the Lord. We might as well, 
getting loud in the church is just practice for heaven. Now, come on. If you saw your favorite thing, whatever it is, entertainer, sports team, whatever, and they do something good that you like, you don't just sit there. Do you? When your baseball team hits a home run, you go, oh, that was wonderful. But somehow we get in church and we're talking about the greatest news ever. Oh, that's just wonderful. You want to show more emotion for your team than you do for Jesus? Come on. No, God gave you the emotions not to be led by them, but to express them. Come on. You're a lively bunch. Express yourself. You are not going to be condemned about how you express yourself. Let me, tell, let me just diverse here for a minute. I was in a meeting back in, uh, I don't know when it was, I forget the year, but we were in Jackson, Mississippi. And my, friend, my friend's father was the business administrator of this church. And Rodney Howard Brown was there. So my friend and I, we went and we stayed at his house. And we went to the services, and I'm telling you, I did just about everything in that service. I shook. I ran. I laughed. I cried. He even called me up. And he had a police officer investigate me if I was drunk in the spirit. And... and. She, you know, the police officer was a lady and said, yeah, I'm looking at you. You look like you're drunk. I was drunk in the spirit. And then Rodney said something when I took off running. That was about a 1,500-seat sanctuary. I ran around twice. You mean you ran in church? Yeah. And, you know, I was just standing worshiping God in the presence of God. I just began to shake like, like electricity was just pulsing through me. When I got, the, the night I got born again, I had my hands in the air and I felt Jesus go, Phoom. when I say Jesus coming to my, he, I felt, Phoom. I was 12 years old and my hands began to shake and I ended up on the floor, but I had a great big smile on my face. I just said that to say that when, when the Lord touches you and the Holy Ghost moves, you're not going to know how you, you're going to react. You can't predict how you're going to react. Just react. Amen. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Religion has trained us to be stiff and still, but that's not God. David danced before the Lord. Elijah ran faster than chariots. Philip was translated from here to there without a car or an airplane or a jetpack. Moses walked through a sea. Jesus walked on water. So did Peter. The religious people stayed in the boat. They didn't move. I am moving. Okay. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm so excited today. You know, if you're sad about birthdays, you need to get over it. You go from glory to glory. Quit getting sad and depressed because you change the number. The numbers don't tell the story. Amen? Amen. I get better and better. I'm like a fine wine. Woo. I age over time. 
This is a 1969 bottle that you're looking at right here. <laughs> that was a very good year. This is an honest truth. My mom testified to this. When she was on the way to the delivery room, she was laughing. You wonder why laughter hits this place? Because my mom was laughing and I was in the womb. And, and that laughter got, you know, when you're in the womb, and it's, you, you know, you feel it. <laughs> so, yeah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Oh my goodness. I'm just pumped up today. Ephesians 1 17. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, God likes to give you things. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, you got riches of glory of inheritance. Do you know about your inheritance? If you don't, be sure to come to VCF. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Hallelujah. We got a good inheritance. It's an inheritance... It's the riches of the glory of his inheritance. Did you know that you're an heir to someone who's loaded? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The gold and silver are his. He uses gold for pavement. That's, that's how loaded God is. He doesn't use blacktop or asphalt. He uses gold to set his streets in heaven. When you get to heaven, if you don't like gold, you're going to be walking on it wherever you go. You might as well like gold. Amen? But that gold is so pure, it's like clear. It's like clear glass, but it's gold. Everybody say gold. There's a big pearl at the gate. Well, that's, that's too gaudy. No, that's God. That's just who God is. Solomon used silver as wallpaper. Anybody got any silver wallpaper in your house? Solomon, there was so much silver that they used silver as wallpaper, as a wall covering. Boy, that's some shiny wallpaper. Yeah, it's silver. How do you apply silver to a wall anyway? It doesn't matter. Okay. Our motto, we say it every Sunday. Inheriting God's promises. Inheriting whose promises? These are promises that God gave you. And experiencing their benefits. Every promise that God gives comes with a benefit of blessing. So God gives you promises and he includes benefits of blessings in those promises. So when you embrace the promise, when you believe the promise, when you receive the promise, you get the benefit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, number one, what does it mean to inherit God's promises and experience? Number one, we are developing a people to know and understand who they are in Christ and what he's given to you. That's number one. If you want to inherit God's promises and experience, you've got to have your identification in Christ. You know, when you are under Satan's control, he's an identity thief. 
He's the father of lies. He told you things about yourself that weren't true so that he could keep you in bondage. But Jesus came along and he set you free. Now we have to identify in Christ. Hallelujah. And you don't need a... (laughs) Hallelujah. So, in order to receive and operate the Christian life, you have to know who you are in Christ and what you've been given. If you become the CEO of the company and you don't know what that company does, you better find out. Because what are you CEO of? Right? If you become into a a position, how, how many remember the first time you got hired on a job? Did you know everything about that job? You had to learn, right? You went through a training process or you went through a, an interim process, right? They, they trained you so that you could learn how to function and how to operate in your new position. Amen? So part of what we do at VCF, we help you find out who you are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, God wrote scriptures in Ephesians, Colossians, and Romans, in him, through him, and with him. Everything that we get, everything that we receive is through Christ. Amen? So you've got to identify with Jesus. You identify with Christ because he's our pattern, he's our example, and he's our model. He's the one that conquered death, hell, and the grave. There's no one else that did that. There's no one else that sacrificed his life, shed his blood. All right? Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to give you bits and pieces, but you'll get the full scope. Amen? John chapter 1, verse 12. You know, mostly an, a testator leaves an inheritance to family members, mostly, right? Some, someone might leave their inheritance to someone that helped them or blessed them, but mostly an inheritance is left to family members. So how many know that we can be part of the family of God? John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received him. Everybody say received him. Okay? One way to become a a member of God's family is to receive him. Receive who? Jesus. Receive him as Lord. Receive him into your heart. Okay? To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So how do you become a son is a position. It has nothing to do with gender. It includes men and women, but it's the son is a position. You're in Christ. Amen. How do you become in Christ? How do you become part of God's family? You believe in Jesus and you receive Jesus. Everybody say believe and receive. And only believers can receive. You can't receive unless you believe. Amen. Unless you trust. Unless you are confident. Unless you are uh, know that you know that you know, amen, who Jesus is and what he's done. You know that he's the son of God. You know that he rose from the dead, amen. I'm confident in that, yeah. amen. So, you can, if, if you don't know what your identity is, you can change your identity real easy. Hallelujah. You just get in Christ. How do I get in Christ? Believe and receive, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to John 15, verse 16. How many has ever played sports? 
You know, when you, when you just played sports for fun, how many just love being choose last? Normally, you would choose the best players first, right? No one wanted to get chosen last because that means you weren't, they didn't think you were that good, right? Oh, I guess I'll just take Doug. If I have to, he's the only one left. That way the teams will be even. I wasn't picked last, but I'm just using myself as an example. Look at John 15, 16. Hallelujah. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And he didn't choose you last. Oh, you, you, you didn't hear that. Jesus chose you. Jesus chose you. He chose you, and he didn't choose you last. This is Jesus talking here. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you or appointed you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. God Say, God chose me, and he wants me to bear some fruit. In other words, he wants you to produce something right and good for the kingdom of God with your life. You're not just here to take up space or to take up air or to exist. You are here to have an abundant life. And God will overcome sickness and disease and infirmity through health and healing. Amen. He'll overcome spiritual death through spiritual resurrection and being born again. Hallelujah. Say, God chose me. We ought to get excited about that. God chose you. He specifically called you to himself. Glory to God. And because he chose you, he wrote you in his will. Those whom he he has chosen, he wrote in his will. God's got so much stuff that he he could distribute it to the entire world and it wouldn't even put a dent in what he has. Come on. Hallelujah. Okay? So number one, uh, inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits, you've got to know who you are in Christ and what you've been given. Hallelujah. You've been given a lot of things in Jesus. Number two, inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits, it means you know what God has promised you. You know what God has promised you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Mm. You know, if someone leaves you in their will and you don't know it, the only way you will know what you've been given if you go to the reading of the will. Today you're in the reading of the will. Every church service is a reading of the will. So if you want to know what, you, what you've been given in Christ, you've got to come to the reading of the will. Right? Because otherwise, if you don't know what you've been given, how can you take possession of it? How many ever lost their keys? Right? It's hard to start your car when you don't know how to hotwire a car if you don't have your keys. Amen? There's been, one time I was in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I locked myself out of my apartment. Because I was... I was I set my keys down, I walked out, locked the door, I was like, oh, no. But I was able to get through the window. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, you know, if you lose your keys, you can't use your keys, right, until you find them. 
But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. God's a promise keeper and a promise maker. Everything that God says is a promise he intends to fulfill. Everything that God says he intends to do. That's how sure God is of his word. My word, he said, will not return void unto me, but it will go out and accomplish what I set it out to do. Right? First Corinthians chapter 1, I'm sorry, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1. Man, I'm talking to them in First Corinthians. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians one twenty. Here we go. For all the promises, everybody say all the promises. Now there's different amounts, but a conservative amount. There's about seven thousand promises in the Bible. How many operate in all seven thousand? If you are, you'd probably be in heaven. <laughs> that means there's still some to be operating in here. Amen. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen unto the glory of God. In other words, everything that God says, you say, is this true? He says, yes. Is it for me? Yes and amen. Amen means so be it. Every promise of God, all the promises of God to you in him are yes and amen. If you ask God about any promise, his answer is yes and amen. If you ask God about any promise that he made, it is yours. You can take it. You can use it. You can function in it. You can operate in it. You can do it right now. When God gives you a command, the very words that he speaks has the power to do it. When God called Moses, Moses was on the backside of the desert, right? He was leading sheep. He, he, he grew up in Egypt. He grew up in the palace. But he saw someone being mistreated and he wanted to deliver them because he was called to be a deliverer, but he did it the wrong way, right? He murdered someone. So he was on Egypt's most wanted list. If you were to go at the uh, post office in Egypt, you'd see Moses' picture. (laughs) Moses wanted for murder. So he fled Egypt. So God had to retrain him to lead. And he's on the backside of the desert. And he's watching sheep, but all of a sudden this bush is ignited on fire, but it's not burning. There's, there's fire, but you don't hear the crackling of the wood. You know, like when something's on fire, you can hear the pop, the snap, crackle, and pop. It's a Rice Krispie wood, right? And Moses said, I think I'll turn and look at this. You know, God knows how to get your attention, Right? So Moses went and checked out this bush that was burning but wasn't being consumed. And God spoke to him and said, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. I want you to go and deliver my people. In that very statement that God said to Moses, Moses had enough power, enough equipment, enough knowledge, enough wisdom to go and deliver God's people because God said it. Everything that God says is so. Right? So when God tells you to do something, he's already communicated to you his power to do it in in his statement that he said. When Jesus said, come out to Lazarus, Lazarus had the faith that he needed to come out from the dead. It was included in that statement. Why? Because God's word is power. Light be. What happened to light? The light got turned on. Where's your power bill? It's supplied by God. We don't have a power bill, but we have unlimited power. Amen? 
All of God's promises are yes and amen in him. Verse 21. Now he which has placed or established us with you in Christ, has anointed us, is God. Say, God placed me and anointed me in Christ. God put you in the anointed one. And when you get put in the anointed one, you get anointed. The yoke-destroying, burden-removing power. Say, I'm anointed. God anointed you. Verse 22. Who has also sealed us and given us the pledge or the down payment of the Spirit in our hearts. Woo! If you think the Spirit of God is good, it's just a down payment of what's coming. Hallelujah. That's based on the promises of God. All his promises are yes and amen. Go to uh, Romans 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, he is the, um, he's the executor of the will. He is the one who is here who makes sure that the will is carried out. He is the executor of the will. Romans 4.18. Abraham, he said, who against hope believed in hope. It seemed hopeless. It looked hopeless, but he believed anyway. Say he believed. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. That which was spoken was a promise given to him by God. That promise contained the power to give birth to a son who, when it was physically impossible. He goes on, not being, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Don't check your body. Check with God. Check with the Word. Don't get another opinion. Get the opinion of the Word. Amen. Let the Word have the final say in your life. Let the Word tell you how you should feel. But we, we magnify feelings above the Word. We get caught up in our feelings and then we can't hear what God's saying. Sometimes God, the Holy Spirit used to say, shut up so I can say something. Well, when, when he spoke to Elijah, it was a still small voice. It was a whisper. If you're too caught up in your emotions and your feelings, you're going to miss the whisper. And if you miss the whisper, you miss the next step and where you need to go. Verse 20, he staggered not at the what? Oh, my gosh. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. See, unbelief means you stagger. To waver, the Bible says if you waver, you're holding to two opinions. If you waver, you don't get anything from God. Waver is like this. Let's do a wave. No, let's not do a wave. We don't want to waver. Amen? (laughs) I heard a preacher yesterday. He said, someone asked him, he said, pastor, he said, 
Our church leans left. He said, which, which way does your church lean? He said, I beg to differ. Our church doesn't lean. It stands. We're not in the, in the leaning tower of Pisa. We are on the rock of our salvation, the chief cornerstone, the firm foundation. We don't lean. We stand. All right. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yeah, the promise was so great. The promise was so incredible. It didn't look like it was coming to pass, but I'm going to hold on to the promise because I know the one who made the promise. I know his character, his nature. Hallelujah. Oh, my gosh. Number three. Mm. In order to inherit God's promises and experience their benefits, you got to know the nature and the character of God who promised. Number one, God can't lie. Number two, God doesn't change. So if you know that God doesn't lie, everything he says is is able. You can have it. You can do it. You can receive it. You can walk in it. Amen? In uh, Joshua 21, verse 45, I'm just going to read it real quick. It said, not one of the good promises which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel failed to come to pass. Everybody say, not one. There wasn't one failure in anything that God said to Israel that didn't come to pass. When God speaks, his word will not fail. You can trust it. You can live in it. You can stand on it. It will hold you up. It will protect you. It will prosper you. It will help you. It will heal you. That's how trustworthy God's word is. We just got to put our trust in it. So God can't lie. God doesn't need to change. Amen. That's why he's trustworthy. God's not fickle. He's not constantly changing his mind. Amen. Number four, inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. You have to know how to possess God's promise. The actual word heir means a possessor. One who possesses. Did God give Israel land? Did they have to go in and take it? It was given to them by God. They had a promise from God. Go in, this is the land that I've given you. But then he said, go in and take it. See, God can give you something, but you've got to take possession of it. Amen? You've got you to believe it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to hold it. Amen? The Bible says in Timothy, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. You've got to lay hold on what God said. You've got to lay hold on his word. Amen? That's taking possession of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you go to the bank and you make a withdrawal, do you take possession of your money? Amen. You don't let anybody else possess it. You possess it. Why? It's your money. If someone else tries to possess it, they're trying to steal your money. Amen? The enemy comes to steal. The Bible says immediately when the word is sown, he comes in to try to steal the word. If he can't steal the word, he'll try to steal your uh, faith. He'll try to steal your hope. He'll try to steal uh, things. The enemy is a thief. Amen? But we don't need to let him come in and steal. We got to take possession of it. Everybody get a good grip on God's promise. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So we got to be a possessor. <laughs> we got to possess the promise. Do you know Abraham became what God said? Yes. That's possessing the promise. He wasn't a father when God spoke to him. When God spoke to him, Sarah couldn't even have children. But he kept with the promise. He kept holding the promise. He kept believing the promise. And guess what? That promise gave them the strength to conceive. And Isaac resulted. Isaac is called the son of promise. He came as a result of of God giving a promise to Abraham. A possessor receives. How many receivers are here today? When, When you get prayer... You have to receive. If you, if you get prayer for healing, you have to receive healing. If you get prayer for salvation, you have to receive salvation. Amen? If you, if you ask for prayer for peace, you've got to receive peace. Right. Receiving, you know, uh, Mark eleven twenty four. he says, when you have a desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. Believing they receive are those who possess it. How do you know if you possess it? It's real in here. It's real on the inside. If I was to take an ultrasound, I'd see a picture of what you're receiving. Amen? Because the seed is in there and it's growing and it's alive. Hallelujah. Number five, inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. You need to know how to retrieve and utilize the treasure found in God's word. In, in Genesis 15:6, Romans 4:3, Galatians 3:6, James 2:23, it said this: Abraham believed God. Say, Abraham believed God. If Abraham believed God, say it. Then I can believe God. And when I believe God, I receive what He said. Hallelujah. That's 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 what it means to retrieve. And operate and function in what God's given you. you. You receive it. You believe it. Amen? By faith. It's by faith. It doesn't come by the law. It doesn't come by being good. It comes by believing God. Hallelujah. Are you getting an understanding? And see, when you believe God, you take action. The people who believe God take action. If God says, change this in your life, you start changing that. Amen? What if Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb and he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus said, no, I don't feel like it today. (laughs) Isn't that what we do with God sometimes? God tells us something, "I I don't feel like, I'll do it later than who you put in first. You dishonor what God said. When God speaks to you, you need to act right now. Was God getting happy or angry the more Moses gave him excuses of why he couldn't do what he said? Oh, yeah, read it, Exodus 3. He got angry. The more Moses gave excuses why he couldn't do what he said. Don't make God angry. Just make him happy. What makes God happy? 
If you love me, keep my commandments. Keeping them means doing them, obeying them. God loves obedience better than sacrifice. Amen? Number six, you know how to operate in the power of the promises of God. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hallelujah. You got to know how to operate in the power. You know, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. Hallelujah. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Well, I don't want to be a Christian if I got to suffer. <laughs> Why? You got someone who gets you over the suffering, so be quiet. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> For the which cause I also suffer these things. Do you realize Paul knew that he was going to suffer things in following God, so God gave him that choice if he wanted to accept it or not. And Paul willingly accepted a life of suffering to be an apostle of God and to do what God wanted to do. That man was beat up. That man was stoned. That man was whipped more than Jesus. He was beaten with rods five times. But the devil couldn't stop him. The devil couldn't shut him up. The devil couldn't keep him down. He kept preaching. He kept planting churches. He kept prophesying. He kept ministering. He kept doing missions. Hallelujah. Why? Because he knew this, verse 12. For, this, for the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Paul's not saying this with tears about suffering. He's not saying it with a trembling in his voice. Notice, he says, I'm not ashamed. For I know in whom I believe, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against this day. If you commit your life to God, no matter what the devil throws at you, you're going to overcome. You're going to win. You're going to gain the victory. You're going to have the triumph over. Because I know in whom I believed. Paul had a relationship. He was confident in who he believed, who the one gave him the promise, who the one called him into the ministry, who the one equipped him. Hallelujah. He was confident in whom he believed. We got to be confident in whom we believe. Christians are not wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Christians are hefty, hefty, hefty. Why? Wow, we got the power of the word and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Do you know what God told Sarah about giving birth when she was 90? Is anything too hard for God? Sarah was listening in the tent. God, was, God and the angels came down. He said, uh, he said Abraham, I'm going to make you a father. And Sarah's like, shall I have pleasure in my Lord? <laughs> That's a good one. And the Lord said, did Sarah laugh? And Sarah's like, no, I didn't laugh. And the Lord said, you did laugh. Is anything, ask yourself this, is anything too hard for God? Is healing a body too hard for God? Is creating a new organ too hard for God? 
Is, is regulating your hormones too hard for God? Are you in too big of a mess that God can't deliver you? Is that too hard for God? Is it too hard for God to provide you money to pay that bill or to buy that house or to start that business? Is it too hard for God? Then why do we act like it is? Oh, my God, this is such a big thing. Oh, I'm carrying such a heavy burden. You didn't get it from God. He doesn't give heavy burdens. He said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. If you're carrying a heavy burden, you got it from the wrong place. You added stuff to what God said. I heard, it, I heard it said this way. If God gives you a word, don't make a sentence out of it. And if God gives you a sentence, don't make a paragraph out of it. Just do what he said. Keep it in the scope of what God said. Go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Okay, I'm going to go to Tarshish. No, you get in trouble when you go to Tarshish. Just do what he said to do. Amen? You'll be better off for it. I'm having a good time today. Hallelujah. Mm, Glory to God. You got to know the power of the promise. Amen? Nothing is too hard for God. There's nothing he can't. How many things are possible to them that believe? All things. And, and, and yet we act, we know that, but we act like it's impossible. We act like, how's God going to do this? You don't have to know how, you just know that he will. Amen. Amen. God didn't ask you to figure it out. He just said, trust me. Trust me. Lean not to your own understanding. And then the final thing, what it means, inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. You have to know the executor of God's will, Holy Spirit, how he operates, functions, and flows. We got to know how the Holy Ghost flows. He's like a river. He's like the wind. He's like electricity. He's like light. Amen. There's a flow to the Holy Ghost. He's got a direction, right? Every river has a direction, doesn't it? You just get in the river and let the river take you where it needs to go. It's a lot harder to resist the flow. You got so many religious people resisting the flow. I call them Clint Eastwood Christians. They tell God, go ahead, make my day. Yeah, let me tell you something. God already made the day. He said light, he already made first day, second day, third. He already made the day. So you've got to know the executor of God's will, Holy Spirit, how he operates. How, go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. That's okay. Let the joy flow. The more joy you have, the less stress you have. Some of you didn't realize the the more joy you have, the less stress you have. So some of you with a lot of stress, you need to let the joy flow. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, first Corinthians two, nine, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. 
हा 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 यू नो समाइम्स इट्स द डिफरेंस बिटवीन अ किक स्टार्ट एंड एन इलेक्ट्रिक स्टार्ट kick start you kick it no 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 you got to kick it again no 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 kick it again and then it kicks no 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 then it, then you go but it took three kicks amen but then you got the electric start you just put the key in and you turn and it's a lot easier come on joy There is a joy of the Lord. And it involves smiling, laughing, singing, dancing, rejoicing, gladness. All words that are in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2 chapter 2 verse 10. But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for them who love him how many love god well god has prepared some things for you okay well how do we find out what's been pre- prepared for us if we can't see it with our eyes hear it with our natural ears how do we find out he tells us verse 10 but god You know it's good when God butts in. Cuz that means hope is coming, life is coming, help is coming. Amen. But God has revealed them the things that he's prepared for us unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all the things yea the deep things of God for what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God know no man but the spirit of God so thank God we got a spirit of God who knows what belongs to us who knows what's been prepared for us who knows how to connect us with what's been prepared for us the holy ghost knows how to connect us he's like a pipe fitter see if your pipes aren't tight you have a leak but the holy ghost is a pipe fitter so that the flow can go amen god doesn't want you to leak he wants you to flow hallelujah Now verse 12 we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are what freely given to us God wants you to know what's been freely given to you God God's gift is the greatest gift of all. And what do you do with a gift? You can do two things with a gift. You can reject it or you can receive it. Let's receive the gift today. Let's re- what's the gift? The G- Jesus is the gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. Amen. He's the greatest gift. 
the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus has been authorized to give life to whomever he will. He'll give help. He'll give strength. If you wait upon the Lord, you can renew your strength. And you don't even have to plug into a charging unit. You can just get strength from heaven. It's wireless. Hallelujah. You just have to plug into the Spirit. How do you plug into the Spirit? You can pray in tongues. If you're not filled with the Spirit, you need to be. Praying in tongues opens the door to the supernatural. The Holy Spirit is the executor of God's will. And we got to know how the executor functions, how he operates, and how he flows. Amen? The Bible says the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he, he will quicken your body. That means he will give life. He will enliven. He will energize your mortal body. When, what happens when God's energy comes into your mortal body? There's going to be a reaction. It's going to be a chain reaction, like a nuclear explosion, right? Hallelujah. There's going to be a reaction. How am I going to react? I don't know. You may run, you may dance, you may shout, you may cry, you might just sit still. Amen? We're not here to criticize how how you express yourself. We're just here to worship God. If we're worshiping God, our eyes are going to be on Him anyway, not on everybody else. Amen? We need to know the executor of the will, how He functions, how He operates, and how He flows, the Holy Ghost. Amen? When Jesus left the earth, who did He leave behind? Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He brings us into all truth, right? He shows us things to come. He testifies of Jesus. He helps us understand the word. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of God. He's the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Bible says don't grieve the Holy Ghost. You can grieve him. How do you grieve him? Disobeying, resisting, being unwilling to yield to him. When the Holy Spirit is moving, you're just, you're just like, go ahead, make my day. Listen, you're not a puppet. You're not a marionette. He's not, he doesn't have to pull strings to get you to do what he needs you to do. He just needs to speak, and we need to respond. Jesus said, come unto me. On the last day of the feast, he stood up, and he said, all those who are thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, which had not come yet, because he had not been glorified yet. In order for the Spirit to come on all flesh, he had to die on the cross, he had to rise from the dead, so the Holy Ghost could be poured out on all flesh, like he was on the day of Pentecost. It was prophesied by Joel hundreds of years earlier, But that day, the day of Pentecost was that day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Amen? We need to have some visions. We need to have some dreams. Why? Because we need to, to, this is not just a theory. Inheriting God's promises, now it's time to experience the benefits. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, and forget not all of his benefits. The Bible says he daily loads us with benefits. Hallelujah. God's about to unload some benefits on you today. Healing is a benefit. Life is a benefit. Strength is a benefit. Peace is a benefit. Joy is a benefit. 
Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. What am I doing? The Holy Spirit is loosening up some religious strongholds today. Ha, ha, ha. When the joy begins to flow, religion gets very uncomfortable. But you got to let the joy flow. Don't knock it till you try it. At least taste it to see if it's good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And my grandma always told me, if you don't like it, at least taste it. If you don't like it, that's fine, but at least taste it. Taste the Lord. Taste the Holy Ghost. Taste the joy. Some of you need to take the, how many remember the old Nestle Plunge commercial? Take the plunge. Some of you need to take the plunge. Take the plunge. You know, God, Jesus said of the kids, he was so excited about kids. He said, let the kids come unto me. Because you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to bless them. Let the kids who are here today come up here right now. Let the kids who are here right now come up here. Jesus loves kids. And he wanted to lay his hands on them. Amen? You know Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Now, this may cause joy. I'm just warning you. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, I bless him today. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for touching him and filling him in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, bless her today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just move on her behalf right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, move on her behalf. Lord, our kids need the Holy Ghost. They need the executor of God's will. In the name of Jesus, Father, touch him right now. Fill him with the Holy Spirit and fire in the name of Jesus. Fill him with the fire, Father. Lord, touch him right now with the fire of God and the power of God in the name of Jesus. Fill him till he overflows. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Father, touch him with the fire of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I was 12 years old. When I first came to know Jesus, ha, 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 you know, ha is the first two letters of hallelujah, hallelujah, anybody else, you have a need in your life today, you, you need to come up, you need healing, you need strength, you need help, you need a benefit from God today, let's receive it right now today. In the name of Jesus. If you guys feel led, you can go sit back down unless you want to just stay up here. That's fine. Hallelujah. I believe God's touching our kids. If you're here this morning and you need to receive a benefit, today is a good receiving day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. God's got the keys to the kingdom. We have the keys to the kingdom. He can lock any door. If you've been feeling restricted, Not being able to express yourself. You need to come up here in the name of Jesus too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need God to touch your body. He's a healing God. And he loves you so much. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you. And his grace is sufficient.